Hey, good morning, everyone. This is the Pillage Pastor, and I have a question for you that I've been struggling with, thinking through, not necessarily struggling with, but thinking through myself, and that is what led me to be such a conservative pastor. When I was full-time ministry, even part-time ministry, what led me to being conservative? And I mean conservative as in uh, not conservative necessarily always in theology, but that was part of it, but just conservative in how I thought and how I pastored and how you know I went about life. Because conservative just was maybe to me a little more safe. But what led me to just be more in practice a conservative pastor? That's what we're talking about next. I hope this is going to be an encouragement to you today. Well, I'm enjoying some tea again this morning and in my Grand Canyon University Cup where my daughter is headed back to this morning in a little while here. Um, gonna miss her, but it was awesome to have her here during the holiday season. So what led me to be more conservative? I think first and foremost, I'm just probably, I grew up more um, in that environment were Pentecostal, spirit-filled environment, but I was a shy kid. You know how I was first baptized even? I was baptized in a Methodist free church as like a seven-year-old, and I was very aware even at seven, year old, seven years old what that pastor was saying. We were at our apartment complex, living, you know, my brother, sister, mom, a black men in black car pulls up, Guy steps out, minister steps out of the car. I watch him walk up to my front door, knock on the front door. My mom calls me up and says, go with this guy. And my mom, I I mean, looking back, I'm, I didn't know. I didn't know that it's like, the, I mean, you just do what your mom's told. And so, or what your mom tells you. And so get in the car with this guy. And he takes me out and we visit this guy in at a, at a, at a ranch or an orchard you know, where his house was on several acres. And we spent a few minutes drinking tea or whatever it was, lemonade on his front porch. And we're there just briefly. He takes me then back to his office. We go into his office. I don't remember a secretary. I don't remember anybody else there. And I do remember that his office was, uh, you would uh, enter his office from the exterior of the church down a little stairwell and then into this office space. And so I don't know if there's other offices there, but I just remember one office pretty much in the basement, you know, not entered um, by way of the main entry entryway or, but it was under, under a building. And so we go in there and he has a bowl of water. He shares Christ with me, shares Jesus, the gospel very clearly. And right there, just he and I, and he baptizes me. And then that evening I had, I had a pretty interesting experience and if i remember it correctly i'll be try to be real concise about this crazy experience and you can call me crazy or whatever but this is what happened so i woke up with somewhat of a night terror and um and i felt that there was pr a presence a very strong presence in my room and there i was and i just i woke up and my heart is pounding i feel this like dread and this heaviness somebody is there and I run out of the room and I run into my mom's room and she's not there. 
and I run then into the living room. And this running wasn't long running. I mean, this is an apartment, right? This is a two-bedroom, two or three-bedroom. I think it was a three-bedroom apartment. And uh, not that that really matters, but three-bedroom apartment. Run into the living room, and there she is. She's sleeping on on the couch. Um, she must have been watching, like, Dallas the night before or whatever TV show she'd watch at night. And I walk over, I run over there, I shake her, and I say, something's after me, you know, and I'm scared or whatever words I say. Sounds like we got some, uh, let's take a quick break so we don't get interrupted by the siren. And so my mom begins to pray, and she begins to pray just as I look back to the hall toward my room and in my mind's eye maybe through spiritual eyes I literally see this dancing figure I mean to me that's how I described it as a child it was just like this this frantic or a dancing figure coming out from my room I don't know why it was had more of a rapid movement so but so as a kid I always just described it as like dancing out of my room but whatever was happening that's what I saw like the shadowy figure with rapid movement if you will now that as an adult it had rapid movement wasn't necessarily dancing I gotta be theologically correct but even do we even know if demons dance anyway forget all that just bear with me so something comes out of my room and my mom's praying and then all of a sudden just you know everything just calms down this peace comes over over me my mom seems to you know be aware of of that uh, that whatever it is it's now gone and I fall asleep and I forgot about that I forgot about that for many years but that's what it was like for me my I had we had many spiritual experiences many uh, experiences as kids that we were aware that there was a spiritual reality to things but I thought it really interesting that that was the initiation of my actual physical like uh, mental acknowledgement that yes I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and then and was baptized by him with a bowl and a splash of water and later if you're worried I was baptized later in a pool as if that's more spiritual so fully immersed you know whatever um, so it was real for me then. I knew that God was with me uh, even before I confessed faith in Him. Had that experience. Years later, I had always, throughout my childhood and my teen years, had these experiences, these realities. And these realities, the spiritual realities, and attacks, if you will, or just things that would would happen dreams and and visions and things that would happen they didn't lead me to be all crazy and uh, less conservative i still thought through everything and all of those experiences led me to christ that's how you would be able to determine if something's from the lord um number one is is this leading you further away from the lord or closer to him these spirit these spiritual things that are going on and i during those time i also learned not to play not to play with the spiritual realm you know not to taunt demonic spirits not to taunt the devil not to you know but everything in the authority in the name of jesus christ you know turn on the worship you know worship god pray you know uh, seek god for 
you know, shield of protection, whatever it might be. I don't know. I just learned kind of these things, these these principles are early on and, and that continued to develop over the years. But there was a time when it was just getting too much because I still was always ministering and spiritual attacks were happening more often when I was ministering. But I, when I had my first daughter, when I had my first daughter, I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want this much to worry about. I don't want to worry about spiritual attacks and the spiritual realm. I don't want my daughter growing up necessarily with the reality that I grew up with because I don't even know if it was necessarily like healthy. Um, did it lead me to health and great things in life and a great life for them? Yeah, I did. I mean, uh, but nonetheless, I was very, I'm still an emotional person. I was an emotional person then was aware of the spiritual realm. And there's one time that I'm at in Bidwell Park in Chico, maybe 22 years old, aware of a spiritual struggle, aware of these things. And I really asked God to um, take that from me. God, if this is a gift that you have given me to be aware of the spiritual realm, I have a baby little daughter. I don't I want to be conservative in my life. I want there to be stability. And I kind of connected stability with with a lack of spiritual awareness. And so that's the direction I went, more being conservative just in my relationship with the Lord, believing that all that existed, but choosing to box it up and asking God to remove that sensitivity from me. And did he? Yeah, I believe he did. I believe, believe he did. Then years later, you know, to put kind of a, a time frame on it, maybe five years later, I was dealing with a youth ministry situation and that youth ministry situation. I, I didn't know how to deal with. I felt I felt like I had literally I had found a good balance in ministry an awareness of there that there is a spiritual reality that there are, you know, demonic spirits. There are, of course, angels, the Holy Spirit's active like there is a whole spiritual realm. However, I wasn't going to tap into that. I wasn't going to go and like, um, you know, I, I wasn't really wanting to cast out any spirits or demons or anoint any house or anything like that. Um, you know, go in and if you, if you recall, and a lot of you do recall what that is. So going through that throughout a home or anointing a person or whatever, in the same way that we see in, in scripture, you know, with a, with a person setting them apart for God. So, I didn't really, there was a, a level of spiritual uh, awareness that I really didn't want. And I didn't have, but there came times, especially with this youth experience where I got called and they were having some freaky experience at their house that I was like, God, I don't, I don't know why I'm disconnected from that. Like, I don't feel the way I used to feel. I'm not as sensitive to those things as I used to be. God, maybe I need that back. And I ended up repenting and asking the Lord for that back. But that story could go on and on and on. But that was why it was number one, why I was more conservative was number one, I should say my childhood that it was a big part of my childhood, spiritual reality, spiritual sensitivity, uh, praying over people cast my seeing my mom pray over somebody and seeing, you know, a demon leave her, um, but constantly connected with that and feeling insecure, feeling scared, 
and never wanting my own family to feel that, never wanting my own children to feel feel that. And yet I was going into the pastorate. I was going to become a minister. And so I had that sensitivity, had experienced things in my, my childhood, have my first daughter, and all of a sudden I want to be more conservative. And I was already cons- more conservative in theology. I wasn't full full Pentecostal or charismatic. I mean, I had and still have, I, I believe, a you know, balance. Um, so, but nonetheless, what I was running from even with more of the charismatic movement lifestyle was instability. That's what I was moving away from this idea that there could not be stability in my home because I even saw among uh, pastors, pastors, kids, families that were more in Pentecostal or full gospel churches, um, you know, four square churches and on and on. I, I saw this like, ah, this, this anxiety. And I was already an anxious kid. I didn't want any part of that. And so I chose for my family to be more conservative in practice in um, my approach. Maybe not my beliefs, but in my approach to ministry and life. And so that's what it was. That's what led me to be more conservative. And I don't believe necessarily the one thing I'll regret. And here's the encouragement for you. Because this is the regret. The regret was I still should have at least, I don't know, uh, taken it up a notch still. And I didn't necessarily mean bringing this stuff into my home or, you know, bringing people that I felt might have had a spirit into my home. Because that's ha- that's happened where somebody you just know that someone has some kind of there's something going on with them. I, I wouldn't have necessarily brought anybody into my home. But I would have not asked God, I guess. I would have said, hey, God, I don't want to lose the sensitivity. I don't want to lose this gift. But there needs to be a balance. Help me work out this balance in my life. I don't want to see a demon behind every bush, if you will. And if there is a demon behind every bush, I want to not have this emotional reaction, but more of this boldness, a lack of fear. I'm not intimidated. I stand in the authority and the power of Christ. Um, and yet it not, it, it just be like the reality is there. I will confront the reality and not ignore it instead of just saying, I don't want anything to deal with it because I want to protect my children. So with that being said, that in practice led me to be more conservative. My family and myself because of my own anxiety because I didn't want, I wanted to bring everything into question. I wanted to be a Berean, you know, study the scriptures and find out, like, you know, I wanted to, I mean, just stay right there in scripture as to the realities. And, hey, no one really conveys a more, more a, a, a reality, the truth of, of a spiritual reality, a spiritual realm, devils and demons, whatever, Satan, uh, no one does it more than Jesus, you know, in the gospel. I mean, he's the one that, you know, and then we see it played out in the book of Acts pre- pretty aggressively uh, in your face. And so you can't ignore that. And yet at the same time, I believe you can go about about that um, to where you're not necessarily buying every spiritual warfare book, you know, and then all of a sudden accidentally conjuring things up, which I've seen happen, conjuring up experiences. Christians being just their lives being chaotic because they're too involved in uh, the spiritual, you know, battle. 
And so I think that's a danger. I've seen, I have seen families torn apart over that. And I believe, and hopefully I'll get to share more, that uh, it was there was a spiritual reality to the destruction of my life, my ministry, my family. And there was something that did happen. And if I had been more aware, if I had kicked it up a notch and been willing to face those things and had been more aggressive uh, in my approach to spiritual warfare, there's a good chance that things wouldn't have fallen apart. I would have taken it head on and I wouldn't have taken it head on alone. I would have taken it head on with others. But I was in a church at the time that was not a spiritual warfare church, knowledgeable of those things, wanting to face those things. It was more conservative. And so I really felt like there was nobody to go through to help me fight any sort of spiritual battle. And there was one that existed. And so with that being said, this is the pillaged pastor, pillaged because of a spiritual warfare, a spiritual reality that I was too conservative and then too conservative in ministering in too much of a conservative church to, to handle on my own. So um, grace come down for such a sinner as I and for such a sinner as you. Maybe we'll explore that a little more later.